Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 98 of Another Woodshop Podcast, named after the most famous year of all, the year 1998. Fun fact, year 1998, <laughs> Clinton got caught with his pants down with Lewinsky, Viagra was invented to help your golf game, and uh, Daniel Dunlap started woodworking. At least that was one of the years that he talks about. How are you, you guys? You're taking all my facts. You're taking all my number facts. That's great, Pete. And I don't like it. Know, with that. Don't those, like it. All of those facts had one thing in common. They all involved they a, a dink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> dink. Dual income, I, no kids. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Isn't that a Dupla or something? Oh, no, no, it's a. <laughs> no, I got another one. It's a dual income, large dog owners. Okay, so uh, the first. <laughs> Wait, is, is the dog large or are they. <laughs> The, the people are large, they're large, but they're dog owners. They, so anyways, we're close to episode Cheeto dust. We're going to be a lot of Cheeto dust on their hands. <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, um, no, that's, uh, hey, you know what? Speaking of sponsors, <clears throat> speaking of this sponsors. episode's brought to you by large dog owners. And most of the large dog owners are patrons. <clears throat> Sorry, I got like a piece of peanut butter caught in my throat. Uh, no, anyway, big thanks to our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you want to check out our Patreon page, that is patreon.com forward slash another woodshop podcast. This week, we got three new members of the meh army. That's Ken Bartle, Jordan Chapman, and Evan Sugarpill. Hold on. Which feels Ken like a Bartle? Name. Ken no, Bartle? Ken wasn't Bartle. he part of the Bartles and James gang from last week? Oh, yeah, then that's last week's. Whoops. Yeah, you're right. Well, Bartles and James. More, more, yeah. more prime time oh, for I Ken just Bartle. Did some research. I just did some research. He actually canceled his Patreon subscription and then re-upped it, so it's a new one. I made Smart. that. Smart. That's not true. That's, That's a good, good idea. Um, Thanks. Evan Sugarpill, which I'm actually my brother-in-law. Is I it? Didn't, I didn't hear any of that. Sugarpill. That is sounds DJ so name. fake. He, no, he was he was a DJ for many years, and then entertainment lawyer and all that, or at least entertainment. Manager, um, Sugarpill is his. Yeah, I Sugar feel like DJ you're making name. this up. I am not 100. percent Evan is uh, Emma is sleeping, but she would verify this. Thanks, Evan. Evan and Emma. No, yeah. that's lazy parenting. You don't go with double E names right out the gate. And then Max. <laughs> Max, poor Max, <laughs> the outlier. We got Evan. We got Emma, and we got Max. You wanna, <laughs> do you want to derail this whole thing? Because I can tell you that she's named after a boat. Um. Her dad Emma's named over a, a boat. They got a boat, and it was Alan, Mary, Joe, Max, and Evan. So it was Emma. It was the letters, and then they had a kid, and they're like, "Let's name her after the boat." <laughs> yeah, All right. What? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to another Woodshop podcast, everybody. Facts. The, another yeah. boat talk podcast. The USS boat Emma. Talk. <laughs> yeah. I would not call her that. She's a deer. <laughs> Don't call her. <laughs> <the USS> <laughs> She's what we call a sea dew. You know, you know. Oh my oh, god! Man, there's like a there's a there's a joke. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna so bad. I'm gonna distance myself uh, from this. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> when you're in the navy, what are you called? I'm trying to remember. They go on boats. Uh, anyway, so oh, uh, big thanks to deck. Emma for the poop deck. <laughs> Uh, poop deck's the uh, worst. Um, anyway, big thanks to our new patrons. You guys are the best. 
<laughs> I'll write it down, but I think we're sticking with Mike Tyson chicken. We'll see. Um, yeah, big thanks for Oh my for god, patrons. amazing. Sorry you have to pay I'm for this. I'm sweating. I'm laughing so hard. I'm uh, I'm laughing so wait, hard. Wait, while we're I'm on sweating. Patreon, I want to cut in one more time. I was just telling yeah. the guys in a post pre pre podcast show, which is just for us, that I listened to some podcasts, some of the popular podcasts on the for you page. And oh my god, ads suck like so hard suck. when it's like when someone's like, so here's how you make your life better and get more energy right now. Hello fresh. One way is Capra <laughs> mattress or Hello Fresh, and they just like go into an ad read. It's so bad, and our patrons allow us to not take like random. Well, and when we do I, have sponsors, they're like, it's it's our niche. It's, it's not really, like uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some weird ones Bic reach pens. out. We we almost all the wig, wig one. We should have done the wig one. Should have happened. Like, I feel like we should have so, done the wig one for sure. Thank oh. you to the patrons, guys. Mike should have modeled the wigs. I, we really missed an opportunity there. <laughs> oh. I could have been a real money bringer for the <laughs> wigs. I was out because they didn't have any Rastafarian ones. Rastafarian, whatever. <laughs> Ross Trent. You got to listen to Ross Trent. Uh, Anyways, what's the next thing? I'm sorry. We just do I don't even know. 20 Uh, minute intro. I can't. I don't even remember what we do next. Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) Oh, Black Betty. Rambling. (laughs) The rambling. Uh, We have a new review. That's what the music means. Uh, This one's near and dear to all of our hearts. Uh, It's this this review really. um, All 236 other views really important to us. This one. This one really hits home, and we really before like before you read that one, before you no, read I'm that just one, gonna, I'm not going to say it's from. I'm just going to read it. Before no, before you, before you say, even get into okay, it, go, I want to read this one on Yelp. Oh, if okay, you don't go, mind, go. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is from uh, Daniel Langley over in Davis, California. He left us a review on Yelp.com/slash another Woodshop podcast. Uh, he says. I decided to check out the show after my son wouldn't stop talking about how great you guys are. Little RJ would just go on and on about how much he loves and looks up to you guys. After listening to all your shows, it seems to me little RJ likes to put on a facade of acting like a big boy who knows it all. You'll have to forgive him. You see, he didn't grow up with a father figure who is as manly as you guys are. But I can tell you, he is an avid fan. He's even made his own A.W. Pedon shirt, which you can get on Etsy, by the way, uh, with his cricket and won't stop wearing it. But I what make him change it. I know with the, the Loki cricket joke. <laughs> but I make him change his custom A.W.P. undies with his photographs on it every four days. Anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that you're the bee's knees and my son and I just adore you. Keep up the great work. Mama Thank you, Hammy. Mrs. Hammy. Thank wow. you, Mrs. Hammy. You're so Thanks. sweet. And it's Mrs. ironic Hammy. that Mrs. Hammy would write in. <clears throat> or Ms. Well, Hammy, no mention of a father no figure, so... It's, it's uh, Ms. Maybe Ms. it's Ms. Hammy? Ms. Hammy? It's Ms. Hammy. <laughs> it's my Hammy. <laughs> Maya? Maya Hammy? My, now on the stage, my, no, Maya Hammy. My, <laughs> <laughs> my, it's just my. My <laughs> Hammy. And it's, uh, she's All from right. the Pacific Islands. Go on. Um, Read so, the review, Mike. Oddly enough, we have a review from an RJ Hammy, uh, which wow. we assume his first name R is starts with Rim, and we don't know what is the J. You think it's the for, father but, uh, that ran off on the family? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the father took. <laughs> it. 
So uh, <laughs> RJ Hammy has this to say. Five stars, five out of five, which I believe he's reviewed about this the show before. Um, the Hamalama Ding Dong. But this time it's five out of five. <laughs> it's a five out of five. <laughs> the hamster, as Pete calls him. Uh, the he did give us a five-star uh, review this time. Yeah. Five-star review. Meh. I don't listen, but I'll give them some stars. So big thanks to the hamster, the big wow. hammy. Uh, the, the big hamster coming in <laughs> and, hot. The big And the best part is, in hot. didn't he troll another podcast recently? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's yeah. The one with uh, Steve Ramsey, I think. <laughs> I just Steve Randall's podcast. It had Cam yeah. with Blacktail Studios on. And uh, anyway, yeah. uh, big thanks to the Ham Hamma Lama Ling Ling. Thanks. Uh, we really thanks Hamma Jam. Uh, so the <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I've got for the review section. So oh. that's, it's pretty epic for us right now. Such it was great. Movie. It was great. It was a great section. Everyone. <clears throat> Typically, we actually go into the "What's on My Bench" segment, but this week it's gonna be exactly the same. We're going into "What's on My Bench." What's oh. on my bench? <laughs> thought I'd throw you for a loop there. Um, you turned to blinker actually, on, and then you went straight. I know. I zagged <laughs> when you thought I was going to zig. No, I actually... Well, we'll do it after what's on my bench. We'll talk about what's coming up in the next few weeks. So, uh, I think, Dan, what's on your bench, buddy? Well, you guys are going to... You, you're going to be... BT uh, hammy. Flabbergasted, Bowtie if you will. <laughs> Bow tie. I've been working on I've been working on bow ties. Yes, obviously, uh, that really obviously. should go without saying anymore. Uh, I do a lot of bow ties. It should and I'm very and I'm very I'm actually to be serious. I'm very grateful for that. I'm super grateful for it. I it's unbelievable how much that has taken off. Um, I have been working on the door. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. My clients finally brought me the hardware for the door. Um, I'm still waiting on the hinges though, unfortunately. I need the hinges before I can start working on the um uh the door jam and the transom. Uh simply because it is such a big door, it is such a big project. Uh there's a lot of money invested. I want to make sure everything is perfect before I start working on the next step. So I'm waiting for the hinges. Since I've been waiting on that, I started working on some bar stools for my own house because we desperately need those. If you watched my stories, you could you saw the the bar stools that we have in our kitchen and they are just wobbly AF. They're trash. We got those from Kmart in 1992. Guess remember Kmart? Actually, we still have a Kmart here in in uh locally. I read on Reddit that there's only 8 of them. Yes, we have one of the eight. We have we have one of the eight. We have one. It's it's a twenty minute drive. For me. Um, is yes, it in Omaha, not in Bellevue? No, it's in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa. Or as I call it, Concord. <laughs> <laughs> Any you guys hear Luna barking to get food? <laughs> no, she's just... she's barking to get food right now. You know how she does. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. <clears throat> Aside from that, uh, I've actually no. Let, let's back up. Let's go back to the bar stools. I was taking some Tarantino uh, style. Tarantino style. Beauty picks of the bar stools, and one of the picks that I wanted to take that that really like I wanted to showcase how strong they were was me standing on top of the bar stool, and I actually got one, but it took me a few tries, and I posted on my IG. Well, I'm getting there, Michael. Just uh, buckle up. Buckle in. Okay, buttercup. We're getting there. 
Buckle up, um, if, 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 if you follow me on IG, you 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 saw how I struggled to get on top of one of the bar stools. That was because that was the second take, and I was struggling. I was struggling because on the first take I wasn't recording <clears throat> it like a bozo, and I really should have because this would have been a banger of a Instagram reel. A banger? It would have been. It would have, it, it would have got millions of views. The first time I climbed up on the bar stool, uh, as you saw, it was on carpet, so it was not very like stable. And I stepped too far to one side of the the stool seat. And long story short, I did a cartwheel off of the bar stool. Anyways, <laughs> I reversed my vasectomy. Needless to say, Kayla's pregnant <laughs> again. So we're, we're <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I really, I really, really wish I would have got that <laughs> on video somehow. <laughs> oh, so I started recording again, hoping that that would kind of happen, <clears throat> but kind of hoping it wouldn't because that really didn't hurt and it didn't. So anyway, please don't, please don't die. <laughs> I've been doing that and uh, I'm also working on a Hackberry Live Edge slab that I need to uh, do a lot of epoxy filling on. Uh Unfortunately, my shop isn't my my shop isn't big enough to accommodate several large projects at a time. So Nick Brim, who we've talked about many times on the on the, the podcast, probably uh, uh, RJ Brimmy AWP Don shirt. Oh yeah, he just bought an AWP Don shirt. Uh, check did us he, out on uh, Etsy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> check us oh, out man. on Etsy. Uh, he uh, graciously offered up his shop, so I I took that. Live edge slab over to his place. It's roughly ten feet long, and I want to say thirty inches wide. Can you fit it in there with wide. all those cups? We can, believe it or not. He's got okay. a lot more room than I have, <laughs> and I'm gonna work on it over there. So I'm gonna kind of bounce back and forth after I get <clears> the <throat> epoxy situation figured out. I'm working with uh, some brands to see if they want to sponsor the uh, the build, and uh, that's kind of where I'm sitting. And I've been in contact with the uh, the clients for the big uh, side table builds with all the Peruvian walnut and all that jazz. And you're they, so, wait, isn't that from months ago? Yes, it's A been lot it's of been it's, it's been it's been quiet over on the Western Front. Uh, they saw my bar stools and they're like, "Hey, that reminds us, we need to get you measurements for this." And I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, uh, I'm 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 not one to like push. I'm not one to push. <laughs> so, I guess uh, that was like from episode fifty. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a year ago. So right? they're like, we need to we need to get you measurements for this. I'm like, yes. So it's like uh, when Jason Bent was on. I think. That's gonna be a thing that I start on here pretty soon. <laughs> Jason Bent. <laughs> anyway, my week has been glorious. It's been fan fantastic. Uh, oh. On a personal note, my uh, family and I, we booked a trip, and I'm very excited about it. And when we get closer, I'll very talk about cool. it more. Um, I want to hear You're what... You're going to love the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I want to hear... <laughs> no, we, I want to hear what... It. I want to hear what Pete's going on. Pete, what? What, what Pete's got going on? What's Pete <clears throat> going on? So, Words. Uh, I had a... What's Pete's going on? Pete's... <laughs> What's pizza going on? Um, pizza. Casey's Pizza. The segment brought to you by Casey's oh, Pizza. I'm going to reach out to Casey's. For episode no, 100, I'm going to reach out to Casey's. 
if they sponsor the show, <clears throat> so I had a. If they sponsored, I like, I would take it all only for the memes. Just I've tagged them. I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. I've what tagged them it? several times in stories, and they've never responded. I'm a little disappointed. I I think their pizza is fantastic. I will fight anybody over this. It's terrible. But they've never responded to me. I have more followers than Casey does. I just remember me and Rusty being like, wow, this is. We had like no heart to tell you guys that it's terrible pizza because you guys were like, it's great. Oh it's so God, great. Pizza. So, oh, it's your so whole great. Family, your whole family was like, oh, thank you for getting this. You know what's funny? Guys also, to me and Rusty we were like stoop- looking at each other like, are we dying? <laughs> we did the stoop <laughs> last week. And it's so together. Dan would so not good. shut up about Casey's pizza, and it got to the point where someone sent like the Barstool Sports one bite. Well, that guy's a pizza review, a D bag. That guy's a D bag. He was just he just looked instantly upset. He was in Iowa <laughs> or Nebraska, wherever he was. I, I want to say Paul from eleven sixteen. He agreed with me. He gets it. Anyway, go you on. Go on, Pete. Sorry, I'm I'm interrupting. <clears throat> no, no, it's quite right. So I. I kind of had a, a full blown catharsis this week. Um, it basically is like like a baby meltdown. Um, I threw out a ton of stuff from the shop, just like random things that I'm, I keep finding little boxes of things that I brought that I packed from the other shop, and I'm like, I have never used this. I will never use this. This is stupid. Or like, oh, that's where that's been. I just put it away. But like, most of the stuff is just trash. And the thing is, this this entire last two weeks, um, I've or last week about, I've been going into the shop for, it's not for client builds, it's not for me, it's not to relax. It was always on someone else's schedule and for someone else's project or for something that had to get fixed, and all of it was negatively associated. And I just like really, I had this, uh, you know, the whole Marie Kondo thing. I was saying like, it doesn't bring me joy right now. I'm just coming in here, but like I am not happy. So I was just kind of throwing a tantrum and throwing stuff out. Uh, but it made me Chuck feel better. It. Yeah, I was chucking a lot of stuff. And it's also, it's winter, and like I'm not really opening the garage doors, and stuff is slowly accumulating in there that doesn't need to be in there. So I just need to get stuff in a shed, get it out, or toss it, or put it in a basement. Um, so I didn't work on a lot of projects. I made probably the most ugly box I have ever made. Uh, my mom has this like very fancy sewing machine. Um it's called an overlock and they're like fancy and expensive. And she wanted a box because they're they're currently moving overseas. And she's like, I want a box to like keep it in with all its supplies so it doesn't get damaged and we could ship it. So I ended up, I was like, oh, you know what? I'll do box joint. I'll do box joints on it, whatever. Did you the post that on IG? I didn't even post it. Honestly, the box joints came out. T- they're all tight and perfect, but th- the one panel took me like three tries because I kept getting the, the, my scribes messed up. And cutting on a wrong side of them, or slightly off, or whatever. Would you do it by hand? What the heck? No, I was I was cutting it on um on the table saw. But when you like screw up the one side, it's like all right, this panel's trash. I got to redo it again. Anyways, I did it. I glued it up, and I'm like, these these are like all kind of inconsistent. I guess when when I was moving the thing over, the sawdust had gotten trapped in there. I didn't blow off enough, so it was just like little mountain peaks sometimes of like where the spots were. And I used to use a Porter cable dovetail box joint jig thing. I, we had one at the woodworking school and I would, I had it at my house cause I was going to teach a class on it. Never happened, but I was, I was posting about it and actually Andrew Deering, uh, from, uh, I think STL Deering designs is the handle. Deering designs, yeah. yeah. Go check him out. Uh, he reached out. And he's like, Hey, 
I have one and I never use it. I'm like, dude, I will like trade you, buy it off for you. Like, let's do it. Cause I, I honestly, I would love to do more box joints and dovetails and stuff. I just don't have time to be cutting them. And I'd love to like do them on the whim and whenever I want. So, um, uh, I'm in talks with them to get that thing over to me, which would be pretty exciting. I That's have cool. a very old one, but it's missing parts. Someone gave it to me. And then when I actually set it up, I was like, this is not all here. So screw that. Um, but the the kind of the most important or most important stuff of my week and most boring but also most exciting has been all administrative. I have been very heavily reaching out to brands and companies and trying to, you know, have some form some relationships for 2022 and it's looking really good. I actually have a wall. I'm a visual person. I need to have something in front of me to pay attention to it otherwise I forget. So I literally have post-its with brands and if I've reached out to them with a little check mark, if I've gotten an okay, a no what is coming, if anything's coming, if it's a whatever. Basically, just trying to keep track of the relationships because I kind of did a bad job of it last year. It was a lot of distractions with the move and whatnot. So I'm really trying to stay on top of it. A lot of really positive responses. So I'm very excited for this year. This year is going to be good. Some cool stuff coming. Uh, there's already some cool stuff in the shop uh, and getting more. So um, that's dope. I have not worked on my website. I really need to just finish that up. In the time that I've been working on it, Mike what? sat down, banged out his website in like two hours or three hours, whatever. What's a and, website? Uh, a web, web, WAP site, W-A-P site is, <laughs> actually, I'll tell you when you're older. What, <clears throat> what a podcast? What a podcast. Okay. Which, okay. what a, <laughs> which shop, that, another podcast. It's been insanely <laughs> cold the last week. It makes me not want to go in a shop because it takes so long to heat up and we've been shoveling snow. We had snowstorms. Now it's been a rainstorm the last two days. Uh, and then tomorrow it's going to be just, everything's going to turn into sheets of ice. So it's going to be super fun. Uh, but that's my week. So I had a lot of woodworking. Yay winter. But in in good news, um, our house is emptying out slowly. So I'll be moving back into my office soon. And, uh, we're going to be getting, actually, I don't know if I mentioned this. We're getting a cat. So we'll be getting another member of the. A feline? A feline, yeah, not like a, a Paco, not a but in Jersey, caterpillar like tractor. No, no, no. I wish it was a tractor. I'll take that over. You're getting cat. a Paco. <laughs> I'm getting a Paco, a front loading Paco. <laughs> 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 so, um, we're excited to get some um, some stuff going in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'll be more about that. Anyways, Mike, what are, what are you up to? Want to hear all about your week? You've been busy. <clears throat> uh, no, not really. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this week we did uh, – today the, this Redwood countertop got delivered. Um, the customer gave me the wrong dimensions, so he had to oh, no. knock out the drywall to get it to fit. What? Uh, yeah, the front dimension was good, but uh, he only gave me the – you know, he gave me one dimension. And whenever you're dealing with drywall, you need to get two dimensions to make sure – because they're never straight. They're never square. Yeah. Yep. And I'd asked him for that. And he, and he said, no, it's the same. I said, okay. <laughs> it was not the same. So they had Shocker. to uh, knock in the drywall and I'm they're going to it out. So, uh, <clears throat> this but that is my one shock really, They have like a like a dark blue cabinet for the top. So it's a redwood countertop with a dark blue cap. It looks really good. Like it tied up yep. really nice. Um, <clears throat> that got delivered. Um, uh, we're delivering the zebra wood countertop on Tuesday. I think that's when my bases are going to be done for these other tables. Um, I've got the... This black walnut dining table we're doing right now, uh, got the final 
items ironed out with the client on that. I wanted to do three bow ties on there. I wanted to make sure the customer is good with the bow ties instead of just epoxy. So going to be doing three bow ties in that and then a little bit of epoxy. You're going to be some tiny bow ties, but I think they're needed on these three on these two cracks. So um, well, if you need tiny bow ties, then I know a guy. Also, Dan, thanks for the bow ties. Dan sent me a box and he threw in some bow ties. Appreciate oh, it, dude. I want to incorporate nice. some stuff. I, you've never I asked my box from Dan. It was uh, no, I, I actually was going to ask you, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you probably asked. sent it out already." And then you threw them in there. I was no. like, yeah. "I'm just going to cut. I'm going to make a template <clears throat> on my CNC, and then CNC." They're not going to be DDWW shaped. Yeah, it's probably going to fail first time you use them. I'm just saying, probably it's not going to work really well. They're pretty tough to land the shape on the two triangles. No, no, it's gonna be fun. I actually really do enjoy doing bow ties a lot. They're a lot of fun. They're fun to do to get them into a piece. So, um, I'm a big fan of them. I really <clears> like <throat> them. So, uh, that'll be fun. I was glad the customer said yes on that. And then, um, oh, I mean, it's been a busy week actually. <laughs> uh, I got a coffee table I'm doing from the sister part of that same black walnut table. Uh, that's going to be for my sister and brother-in-law. They requested a coffee table because my sister got her doctorate this last week. And as a celebration, they are getting, uh, they, they got that coffee table. So big, uh, congratulations to my sister. Um, wait, wait, turn your head and cough doctor or like, I'm smarter than you doctor. She is a, she's in the same field as my wife, uh, but not a master. She's a doctorate. Oh, so she's smarter than me, doctor. Cool. Yeah, smart. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're both so smarter than me. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean Polish. It's pretty low hanging fruit in this podcast, Peter. <laughs> it's not hard to do, so. <laughs> but it's not a turn your head and cough doctor. Combined, combined three hundred IQ for the whole podcast. So uh, it's not. <laughs> and it well, can you know, be in any way. You do want. your own math. <laughs> yeah, do your own. Math. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, that's there's that. Um, oh. Uh, the first load of carbon smart lumber. Got I was going to say, you're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I got the first load of carbon smart lumber got delivered with my, through my partnership with cambium carbon. I am selling <clears> that <throat> to the public, uh, by Saturday, over half of that lumber will be gone. Um, and what kind of that's walnut crazy. is it? That's crazy. It's black it crazy. walnut, right? 500. Uh, well, technically it's, cl- it's English walnut. So okay. what it's actually cut from a Claro. So Claro is just a black walnut trunk with english walnut grafted onto it that's all claro is and they do that because the root system on the black walnut is hardier and the english walnut top is hardier so they combine them to make a really hardy walnut tree um and what they did with this wood is they cut it at the base and it's all short english walnut so it's all english walnut uh what's up dan progressive makes a beef stew that's very hardy is that pretty similar yeah, they graft it with chicken. This is thicker soup. than uh, than uh, Delta Burke swimming in a Guinness. Ah, so okay. uh, it's <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Good reference. It's thicker than Oprah eating. That was that's so many layers oh, uh, to it. Peanut butter, like, um, like so. an ogre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there goes our um, Oprah sponsorship. Okay, there goes our Oprah sponsorship. We're this Harpo close to being on the O channel. <laughs> yeah, O network. We were so close. <laughs> To being the recommended for the podcast club. <laughs> um, anyway, selling that walnut. Uh, we're going to be trying to, once this stuff's gone, we're going to try to figure out what to bring in more species and more of that walnut. I'm telling you guys, 
I wish I could easily send you guys some of this walnut. This English walnut is so pretty. <laughs> it is such it's such pretty wood. It's so light. I wish we could do and, like uh, half that quantity because I would honestly pull the trigger on right now, based on what I've seen. Five hundred board feet. <clears throat> if it was half of that, be like uh, for I that don't cost, have I don't have the space for five hundred. I don't have the space I could, for. 100. I could take it and I could swing that because I know I would be able to flip a bunch yeah, I mean, a bunch of it and then be stocked for the year. I yeah, need to get that. Thing, like, I need I to get like, that oh, shed I, built. So that goes into. Are you able to do that? Yeah, I can do it. It's just a matter of. It's just a matter of. Well, it's the matter of like me grading my Flattening own land. Area. Yeah. Basically, that maybe that this year, maybe don't need permits out there for it. Do maybe you? this year, we'll see. No, I don't. I don't need permit. For you don't need perm. Yeah, you gotta, and, and also, a, Mike, I, mean, I guess it would differ by our region, right? Because depending on what is available in our region, what they're milling from out here, right? Because it's it's local, well, semi-local. Well, no, I mean they'll get it across the country. It just the price goes up because of the shipping. So yeah. if it's that specific, but I'm assuming lumber, if I ordered, I wouldn't so be getting clear. I'd probably just be getting like more regional black walnut. I'm assuming. Unless you wanted this stuff, you could pay for it. Unless I, mean, I wanted this doesn't stuff. get that much more expensive. I mean, it's getting it across the country obviously costs more. I mean, we're literally figuring out there's someone who wants an entire shipping container to Norway. That is that is a result of the post I made the other day. <laughs> they, okay. That's like that's that's twenty five thousand board feet. They want to go to Norway of that stuff. The place where it came from has a million board feet on hand right now. Crazy, it's nuts. crazy. So they. Um, <laughs> The, the guy the came. Numbers the guy don't make sense. The guy came and uh, when he made the delivery, we there's actually a connection there. I don't know if I did. I tell you guys about that connection. How me and him know each other? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. I did. Anyway, so there's a connection there. So he's got a ton of wood. It's uh. Anyway, the bottom line is that wood came in. I'm really stoked because it's pretty cost prohibitive unless you have the space and the capital to buy a bunch of it at once to buy this stuff. So since I'm able to buy so much of it at once, I'm in a position to do that. I mean, like the weekend warriors who are the woodworkers in the area who aren't doing this as a business, they would really not be able to get their hands on this stuff. Otherwise, really. I mean, and, um, yeah. that's, what's kind of cool about it. So it's cool. Cause I can take a big lump sum, or a big, large amount of it and sell it at a price that is more feasible to the market. Cause otherwise they have to buy a thousand board feet of it. <laughs> And uh, not a lot of people can pull that off. So um, anyway, uh, that's really exciting. There's a bunch of other things going on. I'm, I, I haven't talked much about this. Um, I am working with a audio, a very high-end audio company. <clears throat> um, we are prototyping five prod- products right now. Three of them are these grounding boxes. Um, and I never even heard of a grounding box until I got involved with this customer. Um this, these boxes, the design, the customer loves this design that I came up with. <clears throat> I mean, it's inspired by him. I mean, I brought it to a 3D reality in, in the, the cam or the CAD space, you know, and he loved it. And I just brought it to a physical reality out of Walnut this week. And he's now he's doubled down on loving it. He's very excited. So we're working out the final details now. We have a logistics to figure out on actual because I have to make... 90% of the box, then we have to get it to him because he has a, another group of people that are installing all the hardware and the guts inside these things. Then they got to come back to me and I have to finish putting it together and then we have to get the finish on. We're trying to figure out how we're going to sand these things. There's a lot of contours on there. And um, yeah, it's going to be really tough because there's a ton of edge and end grain on this thing because it's stacked wood. So um, it's going to be interesting. So have I, I, just you, the, I assume, uh, Merca, I assume like, 
Yes, you were you were gonna like say exactly what I was gonna say. Go on. I just yeah, I actually ordered today Macbeth. I have a delivery coming Monday from Macbeth, and uh, I ordered the. They have an interface inter- interface pad that's almost an inch thick for the Dios, the square oh. sander. So I'm going to be uh, trying that out on this to see how. But the thing is, is it's a three millimeter stroke on that Dios, right? So I'm concerned about how effective it's going to be. Uh, but on the other hand, having that three millimeter stroke will be nice because I don't want it to remove too much too aggressively and exactly. ruin the contours. So um, we're, I'm trying to figure out the sanding situation. Uh, it's going to be tough because it is a it is a very profiled shape on those things. So That's exactly that what out, I was going to bring up. Yeah. So like we can't just like hit it with a spindle sander because you'll get those weird divots that you get from right. Yeah. Spin- anyway, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be comp- it's gonna be tricky. We got to figure it out. I looked at another sander. Uh, it's an automotive sander. It has a f- it's a it's a linear sander, and it's twelve inches long of linear sanding. Um, and the whole thing is is like con- it's called a contour sander. The whole thing will shape around different shapes and stuff. It's pretty wild, but it's a linear sander, so you're not you're gonna have lines. So that's the thing we were. So we might grab, I might grab one of those, but that thing's like a, you know, thing's not a cheap investment. It's a thousand dollars for that linear contour sander. Um, but if it works for this job, it works because uh, these things are, uh, you know, big ticket items. So anyway, uh, I got a lot of that stuff going on. Um, I won't keep going on about my week, but that's my week. It's just really busy right now. Uh, I'm Speaking to of sanding stuff, employees and stuff. I think we can talk yes, about. I was going to jump into that right now. I was going to try to end my week short because so yep, in yep, 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 three yep. weeks. Speaking of sanding and Merca, in three weeks I've got, or I've got. Sorry, I was, I was just thinking to myself, I should actually just reach out to them and have them get me on the phone with one of their engineers to rec- see what they recommend to sand that thing. That's what I need to do. Um, <clears throat> that's exactly what I need to do. Anyway, in three weeks, me, Dan, and Pete, we're going to WorkbenchCon. In two weeks. Hey-o. We have our episode 100. 100. I don't know why I brought that up. Those are the two talking points that I want to get to before we get get going too far into the questions. So three weeks we're at WorkbenchCon, the three of us. Very excited about it. Anyone who's going to be there, uh, hit us up. Let us know. I mean, we're going to be wearing some... You'll know it's us because we'll have our uniforms on. Our AWP Don shirts. We'll be uh, wearing them every day. No <laughs> no showers, no washing. So I mean, That shirt nice. is now in our Etsy shop. I don't know if we mentioned yeah, that or if that was a pre-show. R. Kelly approved. Um, so it's we're really excited because we are going to be taking over the Merca account while we're at WorkbenchCon. So we're the be doing only takeover. podcast that is going to be doing so. <laughs> Hashtag abrasive yes. content. I actually meant to tell you guys three other podcasts are doing the same thing with the Merc account. Son of a B. Well, no, we're all going to fight over it. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just us. It's just us. So <laughs> there's going to be... There's gonna be three days of um, there's gonna be three days of of content AW penis. There's three of us. Three, three days of, of AW penis. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to get peed on, by the <laughs> AW. Thanks, Merka. No, no, we got a um, we, we got so we each each day one of us is gonna take over the the uh, account. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to that. I'm gonna so, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stop you right there. Show title: Three Days of AW Penis. Show title: Okay, Three Days of with AW two N's like <laughs> penis. <laughs> yeah, and two S's. 
I gotta figure out how to. Uh, I gotta figure out how to uh, like work out the writing so we don't immediately get censored by the government. So, um, <laughs> what is this, North Korea? <laughs> Flagged for no. review. And then we are. We in two weeks. We're on episode ninety-eight, if my math is correct. Yes, uh, we are. But in two weeks, we're gonna have episode one hundred, uh, which really goes to show how our lower IQs are because we thought for sure episode 100 was going to fall on the Fort week. <laughs> well, we screwed we, that up pretty bad. So we we're, we're going to take uh, an extra week off, but I guess we didn't. Nah, we patrons. Yeah, it's fine. We're uh, bad at math. I'm the math guy. Uh, I failed. You can blame it on me. It's the, fine. Uh, it's fine. No, it, is, it worked out. I Actually, did a cartwheel off a bar stool have... this week. It's fine. Barstool Sports? I, uh... <laughs> the, the, uh... The um, <laughs> the I can't even think now. Gosh dang it! Here's no, the thing: it's gonna work we out. We want to do something special for 100. our patrons. And yeah, for no, everyone. we're episode 100. Yeah, no, for everyone, not just the patrons. But I mean, we're gonna do. Uh, we should do something special. Just we should do for something patrons, special for actually. patrons. I don't know. We need idea. to do tumblers or something. I don't yeah. know. Here's here's the no, deal. We, I, At I, the very I, least, so, we're gonna be giving away some <laughs> AWP swag. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. you can show off we your AWP-ness. <laughs> oh, God. At the very uh, so most. So we're going to have the. So I need to design a shirt for AWP-ness. Yeah, I wonder what that backsplash is going to be. Uh, so the next. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we got we got episode 102 weeks, and then we're off for a week. Uh, that week we will announce uh, a bunch of code words. We'll announce a bunch. Oh, well, if we can get it to work out, we'll have a bunch of brands giving away some stuff with us, partnering up for the show. Uh, we're, I'm going <clears> to <throat> reach out. Me, Dan, and Peter are going to reach out to a bunch of people for uh, a bunch of brands that we've worked with to uh, get some swag or something for the show. Maybe, you know, just little gifts, little prizes yeah, here we'll, and there. So. We'll have a little something. We'll have a little something, something. It's not going to be insane, but we're going to have, uh, you know, have a reason to listen finally because this show, 99 episodes before right? that, it's been right? wow. pretty, pretty hit or missed. Why the heck are you <laughs> no, guys so still here? Yeah, for reals. Get on the life. off chance we're going to have a giveaway? I'm playing on a long game. So rude. <laughs> yeah, long game. No, uh, we're really excited. Episode 100 coming up, and then we got uh, Workbench Con, and then we'll come back and announce all the winners for the giveaways. So it's going to be super cool. Uh, so with that, that's kind of everything we got going over the next couple weeks. Um, Pete's putting up a bunch of shirts on the on the AWP Etsy yep. store. That's going to be great. We got a bunch yep. of new options up there. Um, that's going to be really cool. So check them out. Enough of that. What's up, Dan? You got something? I can see you're doing um, hand with that. If you are at Workbench Con. Hit us up individually. Don't talk to us. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hit us up individually. If you we look should me have... in the eyes even one time. <laughs> we should have uh, at least some stickers for you guys. Uh, come up to end. us. We're all very approachable, except for maybe Pete. He's kind of a... I get of... really handsy. Really I'm smarmy just, in just person. One of you guys. But come up to us and, uh, you know, ask us for a sticker. Tell us that you love us and that you listen to the podcast and we'll give you a sticker. As long as, as long as, you know, when Pete asks if the rag, if this rag smells funny, just say no and walk (laughs) away, but he'll give you a sticker. (laughs) I just love the smell of Um, Odie's. And then just, just dial 911 (laughs) and then have your finger on that green button. Imagine somebody uh, like, I actually do that to someone, they panic, they go, ah, ah, ah. Is, Is this... Is this Odie's oil? <laughs> Wait a minute. Odie's, Odie's oil. Am I supposed to be knocked out by Odie's this? Oil. Like, yeah, doesn't it smell fantastic? Anyways, I'm Pete. <laughs> this is amazing. Great <laughs> icebreaker. Yeah. 
Yeah. Always, I always have a rag of Odie's oil in my pocket. Whatever, it works at the, <laughs> um, the church Sunday meetup. Oh, when we 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 Pete may be working. I'm gonna put it in the show so he has to do it. Pete may or may not be working on a new meme. <laughs> Pierogi Pete <laughs> coming next week. You'll see what it means. Uh, so we're gonna jump right into questions. <laughs> Just me. Uh, this first question is from Dylan Scott. His name's Dylan. Dylan. His last Dylan. name's Scott. Hey guys, I got a question for you. I got a chance to buy this older Delta cabinet saw. It's got a full like cast iron top on it. Like it, it basically looks brand new. I mean, I've had a chance to try it. It works great, super accurate. Um, you know, it sounds like a good deal for four hundred bucks. Like right now, I got the Delta seven thirty six, I believe, that's from Lowe's, which isn't a bad saw. But I definitely wanted to upgrade that saw anyway to a nicer cabinet saw. I was thinking like a saw stop, but that's not going to be till like later on down the road. But uh, I'm just curious what you guys would think. I mean, it's it's three horsepower, so it's definitely more powerful than the Delta I have now. I was just curious what you guys would do in my situation. Dan? A three horsepower Delta Unisaw for $400. Yes, do not hesitate. Take all your money and go there now. Absolutely, it's like sixty-seven dollars a horsepower. That's, I mean, that's, great. No, that's one of the. It's a little dollars. more than that. My math is one hundred thirty-three dollars. <laughs> I can't do My the math, math right now, Pete. New show yes, title: yes, 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 Polish yes, yes. arithmetic. Polish yes. arithmetic. <laughs> go get that saw right now. If you haven't already, go get it right yeah, now. It, Take dude. the cash. Go, go, go. I think I speak for everybody here. Yes, go, Pete. Yeah, we don't even need to go around, reciprocate around what I'm saying. Oh, yes. Honestly, you're an idiot. Oh my gosh. First of all, first you call into this show, Bozo. In the time you called in and waited for an answer until, you know, whenever you get the episode, you could have just gotten it already. Don't waste the time. I really hope hope he went and got it already. Yeah, get it. 100% full indoors because here's the thing. The saw you have right now could probably sell for more than what you paid for this one. Dylan, yes. And then this one will eventually sell for more than you're buying it for. I sold the story. Tag the podcast. We will forget to check the account and not share it, but absolutely tag the podcast in it. And so I feel that. like that's a tag on me. I will. I will tell you this right now, Dylan. I had that. I had that exact same seven thirty six. I bought that for five ninety nine at Lowe's, I believe, four or five years ago. And before I bought my saw stop, uh, I sold it for five hundred dollars. I mean, is that the one with like the metal t- or the the round tubing? Yeah, it's the round tubing, but it's got the T fence and everything. It's a great saw. It's a great starter saw. And you can easily sell that for like 500 bucks right now. Go get that Unisaw. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Get it, get it, get it. I agree. The next question (laughs) is from uh, Josh Friedrich. Josh, 507 Woodworks, Josh. Hey guys, it's Josh. So back when I started woodworking in 1997, like Mr. Dunlap, uh, I had no clue what a rabbit was. I just assumed I still it was don't. an animal that was furry and took creepy photos with kids in the springtime. Is that a tool path? I didn't know I had anything to pertain rabbit. to the woodworking world. So I know today's world has internet and we can always Google everything, but some of us still like books. So 
do you guys have any suggestions on good books to read or have to reference and to read to help further advance your knowledge in woodworking? Um, yeah, or maybe do you just have a good book that you like reading that pertains to woodworking? Uh, just looking for some new reads. So thanks in advance, guys. Pete, I'm sure you have many books that you'd like to reference. They're all leather bound too. Small but actually, mahogany. yeah, they do. A rich mahogany. Uh, so I'm actually not going to recommend books. I'm going to recommend the Instagram of early 2000, which was uh, like Woodsmith Shop magazines and you know those woodworking magazines because they they gave you short, quick projects snippets things you can usually bang out on a weekend um and the thing is when you get one of those there's always something you're going to learn in it that you weren't looking for that you can use later on down the line sometimes when you get a book that's a lot first of all it's a lot to reference back to but when you have these magazines it's a lot easier to reference back to it um i i personally was a big fan of i i I was watching the woodsmith shop on pbs or whatever the show it's on or whatever channel it was on i actually got the dvds i have all season one through i think eight and uh they also came with all the plans for the projects that they have and they have um did the woodworking yeah woodworking magazines uh and um and they came with like two years of the magazine with when i ordered the whole like all the dvds and stuff and it was honestly one of the better resources i learned a lot from reading through those those things and a lot of stuff that I just would have never thought to do. And the best part is they, that was right around the time when he started adding resources online. So you could like look up a project and you can download the files, like actual written out plans for free. So I checked that out. Mike, what would you recommend? I was showing you guys this book. This is the book I bought. So Mm -hmm. I started woodworking not too long ago. And when I, when I did, I bought two books and I can't remember the other one. One's like literally just, a thousand pages thick of projects you can do for like woodworking. <laughs> the physician's desk reference of woodworking. It's it's something like that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like it's it's like uncolored pictures. They're black and white. It's like a million projects. It's it was I was re- I oh, was the, the one with the that. sixteen thousand plans. Yeah, yes. I've been I've been tagged in videos for that. No, so uh, but this one that I have that I read a lot, I was showing the guys. It's called the Complete Book of Woodworking. That's what it is. I literally read that book from front to back when I first, like the very first, pro- the very from first Ted. project I made out of wood. No, this is a real book. <laughs> the very first project I ever made out of wood was a planter box, which isn't even like woodworking. That's like DIY stuff. Um, that's the very first thing, and I was like, oh, this is really fun. <laughs> so I bought that book, and that's where it all started for me. Like, I remember it, and then I made a shelf for our house. And blah, blah. Anyway, um, I read that book. I don't know how many times I've read that book. I really like that book a lot. I still have it here. It's in my shop right now. I mean, I have that book and the other book that I can't remember the name of, but I keep them in my shop. And my sister uh, for Christmas got me a uh, a complete history of Chinese woodworking, which it's – I've Ooh. actually been reading it. It's actually really cool. That sounds so, racist. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's all these walls and um, – but anyway, uh, no, it was it, – it's actually a really cool book. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, for getting it. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> uh, it actually was really enjoyable when I first started woodworking because I didn't know what any of those phrases were. Rabbits, dados, you know, 
uh, I, you know, reading about it, the book was talking about how Dado's Dado's uh, reading Dado stacks <laughs> were how they're not legal in some country, and it's not like what. And I started like reading about how in some some European countries Dado stacks aren't allowed uh, because of safety reasons or whatever. So oh, I was yeah, like, that's oh, this crazy. Is crazy. You start reading, you start reading all these different joinery methods. Whole country and all these of cowards. Things. Yeah, cowards. There goes that contingent. Um, oh no! No, so I mean, there's that whole country. I really, uh, Josh, you can hit me up, and I'll send you, uh, of course, an affiliate link uh, from Amazon. No, I'll, I'll I'll send you the books. I have them in my shop, uh, and I think I've actually shared them as a result of the show before. I think someone's asked this question in the past, a long time ago. What books we recommend? So yeah, but those are two so. I really, I always, I actually still reference to this day. Like I go in there and be like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Dan, I actually have a. Uh, few books that are woodworking centric so to speak uh i was lucky enough to be sent a book by trent pressler uh it's more of a memoir though about his journey into woodworking and i'm gonna be perfectly honest he sent he sent me that book it looks like a very nice book but it sits up on my shelf and i haven't read it yet and I have a few books by uh, David Pachuto. He's got a bandsaw book. I got some and a cutting Pichuto board books. book. Yeah, those are good. Uh, I've looked Such through them. They have some very nice pictures. Um, I I don't do a whole lot of reading. I don't know if you know this, Josh, but I live in Nebraska and we don't we don't read a lot. Um, have you heard of the internet? Should we just had you pass. Have, have, well, no. Have you heard of the internet, Josh? Uh, it's a, it's a, just, it's, it's a just big. Blindly recommend one. Well, it's Spagnolo's a, it's a big conglomeration of tubes and, uh, what's a gasms and stuff, and you can get sure, all kinds of information on the internet. It's super, it's super cool. You should check into it, Josh. Uh, Pete, something. have you gone yet? Have you gone? Sure, I'll go yep. again. Next uh, question. Ch- <laughs> Check uh, out no. like uh, Mark Spagnuolo's uh, hybrid woodworking Mar- book is actually apparently really good. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I haven't read it myself, so I can't verify. I it. have it and haven't but, read it. Yeah, I haven't yeah, read it's, a, it's a very nice paperweight. But check it out. The books. This guy with books. Get out of here. Who reads books? <laughs> All right. The next question's from Matthew with the wooden mustache. He has this to oh, ask and or say. Hello, gentlemen. This is Matthew over at the wooden mustache. I have a question for you guys about blast gates. So I'm in the process of upgrading my shop vac setup to an actual dust collector. I'm going to get a Harbor Freight with a dust cyclone, and I'm going to add a wind filter to it. So the blast gates that I currently have, they're the plastic ones that are made by, you know, some of the popular manufacturers out there, and I hate them. They gum up and... I lose suction. They don't close all the way. They're just a pain in the butt to clean. So what is your experience with blast gates? Do you make your own? Do you have a recommendation on a specific brand that's probably metal or something similar? Is there even another material they're made out of? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, curious to hear what you guys think. Uh, Love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Dan, why don't you – oh, never mind. Uh, I guess I'll go first. No, I'm just Dan with Pete. Uh, so I, when I first started wood, uh, setting up my shop for the first time, I bought um, I bought plastic blast gates. We all bought. And within 
weeks, I really, I was looking in the mirror and I said, I've made a terrible mistake. They're so bad and they clog up and they just don't work. They're really, and they break and they're just trash. <clears throat> don't even waste your time. I think they're nine bucks for a plastic blast gate. And then you go, oh man, t- 20 bucks for a metal blast gate. What the Not heck? Even, well, the bottom line is like that's nothing. Bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like the, the six, the big boys get a little bit more pricey, but it's like uh cheap. Oh yeah. It's nothing. I mean, it's nothing. You, uh, they're metal, and PowerTech, I think, is the brand that I buy the most, uh, most of usually. Uh, so get the metal PowerTechs. They are, um, well, they're really great. I've had mine for multiple years now, and they're in great shape. They've been the the actual the actual like the slide part. I can't. I guess that'd be the the, the gate, the actual yeah. metal gate. They can ding up pretty easy and, and bend up. But you can bend them back into shape. So I haven't actually had any break on me. Um, and they they're self cleaning. Um, they work really well. So uh, highly recommend metal ones. And I really like the power tech ones. And you can get them on Amazon or from. Here's the thing, <clears throat> Woodcraft and Rockler, uh, they charge way too much for those pieces for those uh for those things. Yeah. Um, you go to their stores and a blast gate's like 35, 40 bucks or whatever, and it's like half the price on Amazon. And like you know, we all hate seeing the giant national corporation getting feeding the beast, but like it's so much cheaper on Amazon to get blast gate stuff than it is to yeah. go to your Woodcraft or Rockler. It just it just is a fact. So get the metal power techs; those are great. And to answer if I've made them, I actually have made Jonathan Katz Moses's ones. He sells a file for the CNC. Um, and they actually work really good. I just don't have them up in my shop anymore right now. Um, I made some for someone else too one time. I don't remember who, but anyway, um, they are really nice, but you need more money in plywood than it would cost to just buy the metal power tech ones. So, um, it doesn't make any sense to make them. So just buy them. Pete. I, I'm going to parrot everything Mike said. Do not get the plastic ones. We're all tempted to do it. We, I even bought a bunch of like at a garage sale thinking I was like, oh yeah, this is great. They're, they suck. They're awful. And here's the main part problem with it. They, there's not a panel that is like basically in the center of these blast keys. The reason these metal ones are so good from PowerTech, I use the same ones. I just got a batch of them so much better. Um, the reason is there is a center panel, the one that actually slides back and forth and it's a rectangle and there's a hole on one side and it's closed on the other and you're sliding between the two. The problem with these plastic ones is there's no hole side. So their hole is just the pipe. So when there's sawdust just settling in the crack and you try to close the blast gate, eventually you can't. And it packs in there so tight that you just cannot use this thing. Do not, like I can't stress this any more than Mike did, do not get the plastic ones. They're really not worth it. Invest in the metal ones. Um... As far as the Jonathan Katz Moses ones, I haven't done those. I have been messing around with some plans for some laser cut ones that um, I've seen people make before. I've seen files online, but I just always like to make my own. And uh, basically, same exact concept as the... Quarter inch plywood or something? No, out of eighth inch ply. Yeah, three three layers of eighth inch ply. And then like, um, and then you glue in a tube in the center. It's, it takes, I mean, you can do, you can do it thicker too, but you can do it on a laser cut as well. Um, it's just, it's like a fun project, but the metal ones, they work really great. Mike is right that they are a little like the side with the hole can bend kind of easily. Cause it's like, it's only like quarter inch of aluminum. I don't know. It's not quarter inch. 
It's like sixteenth or eighth. No, no, not it's thick so thin. of how much width of that like. Oh yeah, 16th yeah, yeah. Inch. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. So like, yeah, if you kick like, it while it's especially on the, if it's open or closed, I guess, and the open side is sticking out. If you kick it, you're gonna bed that sucker. So put it in places where you're not gonna interfere with it. Uh, but metal blast gates all the well, way. Get the ball. I'll be pack. like, I'll be like I, not looking, and I'll be like not looking, and I'm like running the tool, and remember, I didn't open the blast gate, so I like undo the knot, the 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 finger screw with my finger. Yeah. Then I'll smash my hand to open it, and then I bend it in half. I'm like, ah! And I have to like a pull piece of <laughs> so material out of, out of a out of a sander or whatever. And I have the to bend only it back downside place. of those that I found is if they're next to a very vibrating tool, if you don't tighten that knob down, they rattle like crazy. That's well, my only even complaint. If, if it's not by vibrate. Well, here's the tool, thing: if you have like the airflow set up weird, it'll cra- catch vibration from yeah. the dust collection and start vibrating. It's like if, so annoying. Whenever you install them, you need to use gravity to your favor and install them a little bit skewed to where well, they're Dan, up. I want to toss it to you. Go tell me. Yes, tell me. Uh, whenever you install them, uh, in, install them to where they're skewed a little bit up. So whenever you put them down, they're down. Anyway, use gravity to your favor. I'm going to parrot everything that uh, Mike and Pete has said. Get yourself those metal blast gates. Those are amazing, and I have no problems with mine. I have all metal blast gates. Um, I haven't I haven't made the Jonathan Katzmoses blast gates, so I, I have no frame or reference there. So I think Hobby I think project. You, yeah, I think I think we we've covered it all. I just get the metal ones. Don't mess with the plastic ones. ones. Power tech. Next. Club. Yeah. Michael Linden. Uh, I just smashed my head into my microphone. Very cool. That'll be Did a nice Did you bend sound. it back? Michael. Yeah, it's all bent <laughs> out of shape now. Michael, Michael Linden. Michael Linden. What's up, guys? It's Mike from Lido's Woodshop. Quick question on wood acclimation. So buying lumber from the lumber yard. Uh, rough and form coming into your shop. How long do you leave it in your shop before you start the rough milling? And then after the rough milling, how long do you leave it before your final dimensioning and project use? I uh, love the podcast. Thanks for all the information. Have a good one. Dan, shop acclimation time. I'm going to be perfectly honest. <laughs> What's that? One year. tables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I go so long between projects that it's not a problem. So I, it's it's not something that I ever think about. But I will say that the lumber yard that I go to is very reputable. And it's not a problem I've ever had in the past. So it's not something I ever think about. The the, the lumber yard that I go to, they, they know what they're doing. And they they dry the wood. And they get it in dried. You know, it's it's acclimated, so to speak, and it's ready to go. I don't have to relatively worry about it. Relatively speaking to your climate. It's yes, relative. relatively speaking to my climate, it's ready to go. So it's not something that I've ever had to worry about. So I don't have a timeline, so to speak. Mike, maybe you can speak more on this. Uh, I... Well, I, I also don't necessarily subscribe to uh, the need to acclimate wood because I've never really had that issue. However, um, <clears throat> so I find it's more important to let wood rest after milling 
than it does to let it acclimate to your yeah, shop. Yeah, because it, it um, you know, you, you're letting you just tension. Just removed a ton of material. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. You, uh, that's, that's the thing that I really pay attention to. For sure. But just by accident, I mean, just because of how, like, my schedule is with projects, like, I get material in, I typically don't start it for, like, a couple weeks. Like, I got material coming Monday. Those pro- those are for projects I'm not even starting till like, March. I mean, but I got to have the wood right. in, so it's here, so I'm not, like, missing a beat. Um, but, like, uh, you know, Typically, there's a week or two, but I don't really subscribe to unless it's coming from like a salvaged wood scenario um, where I don't actually know the situation, like where it's been for the most. Like I just got all that walnut in and I met the guy who brought it and milled it all and he told me a story and I do believe him. Uh, But I mean, at the end of the day, he could just be lying. I mean, he could just he could tell me because he was told me that the lumber was uh, milled seven years ago and was in a kiln for two two and a half months very recently well i can see by looking at it that it that the, it was in a kiln because where the bug marks or where the bug holes are that stuff's all burned up you can tell when it's air dry, or when it's kiln dried i mean it just you know so i know at the very least it was kiln dried and of course i threw my meter on there and it was good now uh i know where it came from and the environment there and climate there is not very different than where I currently live. It's like three hours away. It's not much different. It's not like uh, they came from the swamps of Georgia. Uh, they came from Northern California, and it's very dry here, and uh, the temper the temperature is pretty, uh, pretty uh, enjoyable. Here. So I think so I don't really prescribe to that so much. Uh, I think that milling is the more important thing that you need to let. I think a lot of people stuff. put more stock into letting lumber acclimate to their shop than needs be. Especially this time of year, uh, I for for instance, I'm in the Midwest. So if if my shop is 39 degrees, 40 degrees, and if if I let it acclimate my shop for a week or two at 40 degrees, and then I mill it and I build a table and I give it to my client, well, there, it's not going to go to a 40 degree climate. It's going to go to their house that's probably. 70 degrees. So what good is it doing letting it sit around your shop and acclimate in your shop? You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm sorry I cut off Mike, but I wanted to throw that point out there. I'm cleaning my nails. It's all good. I mean, it's it's uh it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the thing is like, I mean, everyone has different situations. Like Dan said, I mean, I keep my shop pretty well climate controlled for several reasons, but it's not because of wood. <laughs> it's I don't really think like the 40 or 50 degree swing in wood is going to have much of a difference. Like I know for a fact that lots of yards store their wood outside and it's just really great wood. So not a big deal. Pete. So, uh, definitely metal, metal blast gates. Um, you want to go with those? (laughs) How long are you waiting to say that? (laughs) The thing is the wood acclimation thing. And this, I might get some hate for this, but it's really only a problem. I think in the summer in the winter, if the wood is even stored outside, a lot of times there's very little moisture in the air. It's pretty dry. And, you know, you get, or you sort of a lumber yard that may be storing it outside. You bring it home, put it in your shop. Most people don't have climate controlled shops. So either way, it's dry ish. You know, you work on it. I fully agree. You need to focus more on letting it rest after the milling, unless you can mill it all up and glue it up the same day. Like, if you can stabilize it in a way, like, if you're doing a big panel, maybe, but, like, if you're doing a whole build, you're not going to do it in one day. Let it rest for at least 24 hours. I usually bring stuff into my shop as I figure stuff out, as I mill it up, I let it sit for at least a day or so before I do it. I'm never going to do a project that where it's, like, delivered in three days, you know? 
Um, so let it sit after oh, milling because that that's the process. When you're exposing the grain, that's when you're really going to have a lot of movement. It's going to get that moisture or whatnot. Going back to moisture, in the summer is the real potential issue where, let's say your shop or whatever, it's like really humid out, hot temperatures, even out in my climate, it gets really sticky and wet in the in the summer. So the humidity my, swings. Yeah, humidity swings. Like if I'm building it, I got my joints really, t- you know, really tight, and they bring it into their climate controlled seventy degree house that's super, you know, nice and dryish. Uh, my joints suddenly might open up, you know. So what you have to do is you have to build with wood movement in mind. Is something you have to think about as well. But without going to there's, this is a whole subject that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on, wood movement and all that stuff. Dan, I think you're familiar with it, right? Wood oh movement. Yes. You've heard a couple of opinions. Yeah. The main thing is, honestly, I'm going to pair it with what Mike said. It's not so much letting it acclimate to your shop. Like, Granted, if it was getting soaked outside, yeah, leave it in your shop for a week or two or longer if you can. I usually buy, I store it all in my sh- uh, shed, and then from my shed, I bring it to my shop, and that's when I actually work on it. So I'm moving it from an indoor-outdoor space to an indoor space that's somewhat climate controlled. But um, don't go too crazy beyond that. Just, you know, build your project with wood movement in mind. But I think the milling, post-milling is more important than the pre-milling. True. Right on. And Facts. Metal blast gates. The, 100%. The next question, the next question is from Nick Hall. Nicole? Nicole. Nicole? Nicole? Boys, what's going what's up, on? Dude? Long time listener slash patron, second time caller, probably because the last time I called in, the advice you gave me led to spending about 3K ah! on a planer. You're welcome. Not flexing, but flexing. Look, it is what it is, boys. Anyway, look, my question now is this. I recently got into HVLP spraying. Currently, I'm using the Harbor Freight, uh, you know, gravity oh, fed spray gun. It sucks. Um, I have to thin down the paint a good bit to use it. I only have a 15-gallon air compressor, so that's not ideal. The thing is constantly running. Um, and then by the time I'm done spraying, my garage is super, like, dusty, misty, um, you know, probably because I'm not ventilating well until after the paint is on, but that's just because it's freezing outside. Anyway, looking to upgrade my spray system, mostly for spraying paint, uh, but I don't want to limit myself to only spraying paint. I want to also, you know, have a system that'll let me spray lacquers uh, and other clear coats. So what advice do you have? Should I upgrade my air compressor? Should I go with the um, kind of like a Fuji system that you have? I know you guys have the Q5. Probably can't spend that much. Uh, but tips, tricks, advice, uh, maybe even for spraying in the winter. Pete, you live up in the north where it's cold as hell so you might have advice on that anyway let me know boys i appreciate it appreciate the pod you're doing the god's work have a good day daniel no i'm gonna throw it I to mean, pete. pete sorry pete pete no, no no worries uh so the answer is you're not buying one system i'm just gonna say it out right right now like if you're if you want a quality system for your finishes and paint yes you can use one gun but you're gonna be doing a lot of cleaning um I think honestly you should Im- you should invest in a decent paint sprayer because here's the thing paint's a lot easier to spray than finish in my personal opinion I feel like finish is a lot more finicky than paint paint you can get away with a lot more you're just putting it on a you know surface and finishes you can get a lot of 
reactions, you could say, with wood. Uh, I highly recommend the, like, I have the Fuji 6003 series, um, and I love it. I'm sorry, the Erlex. Why did I say it's the Fuji? The Erlex 6003, and I love that thing. It's great. Mike, you've got, do you have an Erlex as well or just a Fuji? I have the Fuji. The Fuji, Fuji. okay. Or Fuji, the Fusion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So those, when you get into that caliber, they're really, really good machines. They... I don't want to say they're finicky, but they're very highly adjustable. You can kind of play around with the tips and and what, well, not highly adjustable, but they're adjustable to where like they can make a difference. And I mean, Mike's had some crazy experiences with finishes, some roller coaster rides with what you know, he'll talk more about it. Sprayer, but, though. Yeah, but I, I honestly recommend get two sprayers, get like a Wagner for paint, like a decent Wagner, uh, you know, without breaking the bank, you could pay probably around 200 bucks. Um, if you want to upgrade from the one you have, do you guys think even like a home, right? Like the better one would be a good upgrade from the compressor one. I don't know. Throw it to me and know. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan, I'm going to throw it to you. Cause I think you should just invest in something like that early tier, unless you got the money for like an Erlex. Dan. Yes. I'm going to say toss out that Harbor Freight compressor based yeah. sprayer. If you're if you're spraying if you find yourself spraying paint, get rid of the compressor. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally recommend a Graco 360 True oh, Sprayer. Weird. I have one of those. It is fan flippantastic. That's for paint or finish. Paint. I've okay. used that to throw paint on several things, including that uh, uh, bookcase door thing that I I made for a client. Uh, a, a few months back. Which model was that? Uh, it's okay. the Graco 360 True Sprayer, okay. I believe. Cool. Uh, I can't remember how much I paid for it, but no, it was worth no every penny. It's fantastic. Um, and it, I don't have to use an air compressor with it. It is... 150 bucks. Yeah. It's great. airless. Uh, if you don't want to spend that, you can get yourself the Graco, not the Graco, the uh, Home Right Sprayer. I think that works well with uh, paint. You just have to get a bigger tip. I think the tip that comes with it is a little thin, and it's one point three. Is it the one point three? It. I yeah. think that's mainly based for some like acrylic, uh, clear coats finishes like polyacrylic. So if you wanna if you wanna uh, use it with paint, you're gonna need a one point five or a one point eight tip on it, uh, just because paint is generally thicker. Um, I think that's all I got. I think I really think that's all I got. Uh, the, the main thing I wanted to, to get at was get rid of the, uh, air compressor. I think that's, get rid of that gun. that's a really big limitation on what you're doing, Mike. I've never used a compressor system. I, I do believe that they have their place, but I don't know what that is. I think you have to have like a very large system. You have system to for have it, a very large I think you have to have like compressor. a, like a, like a, like a 60 gallon tank and uh, there's specific guns where it's good. So, but I don't, that might be incorrect. Uh, I don't agree with the cleaning being difficult that Pete was saying, cause I have the PPS system for mine. I don't, I just throw the cups away and I wash Fair. it out. It's like super You've simple. You've got a better like, system, but like I stock mean, it, system, you have to wash that can each time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you still have to wash the gun after using PPS, but I mean, washing it's super easy. I mean, I'm, I'm bouncing between water-based and solvent, 
and I've sprayed paint out of my Q5, and man, that thing sprays paint like a dream. But that's like the Cadillac HVLP. So I mean, that's that's not that's kind of like not really the conversation that Nick's asking about. So um, I I don't know. I, I mean, if you're trying to get the budget machine, yeah, I think the Home Ride's pretty good. It's a pretty good machine, especially for that price point. Um, you throw a 1.8 tip in there, thin the paint out 10%. The latex will go through that thing just fine. I've done it. It worked just fine. You get a bit of orange peel and it will spatter a bit and it doesn't, you can't dial back anything or control any of the stuff. It has very little control, but it works just fine. Um, the, it's a great the, DIY machine. It's the yeah. 5G that you have is uh, like, it's like over a thousand dollars, right? It's Fuji? a very expensive setup. Yeah. It's, it's really pricey. Yeah. It's not for this setup. I mean, you could get like a Q4. Or even like a Q3, and I'm pretty sure you can still push latex through a Q3. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. On this. I can push. But at that point, you get I like a semi-pro. Push, yeah, I can push uh, latex through my semi-pro 2. Semi-pro 2. Yeah. So you got a two-turbine. So, I mean, the machine Dan has is what what I was going to say is like get the semi-pro 2. Um, they have a hobby one, I believe, too. I mean, I, I don't know how long. If you're going to like stick to this at all and keep this up, the home rights are fine, and that Graco yeah. machine is pretty cool. Like if you're gonna do that, but like just get a Fuji, man. I mean, I don't know if unless you're gonna be doing like spray painting homes, then you have to get no. one of those big airless machines, like one of those giant like ones. But those things drops hold, like, in a bucket three gallons of paint just like in the line alone. Like you have to be spraying commercially right. viable si- situations. So those are huge machines. Like my uncle is a painter and he sprayed my, he painted my whole last house. You know, he like clean out the line and there was like gallons of paint coming out of the lines, you know? So it's like a whole nother Jeez, thing anyway. So uh, yeah, the line's like 180 feet long or something like that. And it's like an inch long. It's an inch tube. You know what I mean? It's so much material. And that thing's just like, it's for uh, bulk. Um, yeah, but so, I think the Fuji Pro 2 is a good option. That's a good point. Because like the, the one I have, yeah, the, the Erlex, is the same cost. Absolutely. It's like 500 bucks. That's what I use. That's what I use. Yeah, I think if I, you got the PPS system for your Erlex, Pete, you'd be like, oh, this is the dream. I, 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 dedicate, my, yeah. I dedicate my Fuji Semi Pro 2 to only oil-based uh, finishes. And then I use my Graco or my HomeRite for water-based stuff. I'm very recently spraying uh, solvents a lot, especially for these grounding boxes. I'm spraying actually, it's an automotive finish and it is really nasty stuff, like really, really, really harsh. You can, you're just mixing and you're like, oh, I have to put on my, my acid filter rebreather just to mix it. It's so strong. It start, I start to get like lightheaded and stuff unless I have that thing on. So I have to wear that thing. And when you're spraying it, like I get the stuff sprayed, I get out of the spray booth immediately. It's nasty stuff. So I got to get a separate gun just for that because um, I just don't want any any mix. And it, that doesn't end. Anyway, I'm totally going on a tangent. The point is, I was going to say the gun Dan has is great. Uh, or the, the machine setup Dan has is great. And I want to say 500 bucks, Dan? 600? Yeah, it has about 450, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those 450. Yeah, so, and maybe get two guns. If you need it, I mean, uh, I do have two the, guns. The, the, Actually, yeah, you don't need two machines. Yeah. You just need two guns, and the guns themselves are like yeah. fifty. No, not like eighty. No, the guns expensive. are expensive. The guns no, are expensive. they're like three hundred oh. bucks. So yeah, oh. yeah, the guns are expensive. So I like, like I'm buying another. I'm buying another T seventy five, which is the gravity feed gun for my system, um, and I think that's three hundred eighty bucks. But I have a gravity feed gun so. and a uh, and a bottom, bottom feed. Yeah, yep. I have one of each as well, and it's. I want to dedicate one to just spraying, and I can keep a one millimeter tip because these solvent finishes exactly. keep, they need a really small tip on them. Um, and then I can, and if I'm running, if I'm running waterborne finishes 
through the other two guns, you can just run latex through there too because that's exactly. just gets cleaned out with water that's as exactly well. exactly so what I got them for. That's the setup. Of, yeah. So um, I would recommend that route. Really, I would recommend that. Uh, the Erlex, I've never had any experience with them, but I see a lot of people really happy with them. Pete's got it. He's, I love he, you it. know, I don't know how much it's Pete so uses solid. it, but I, I think you, I think if you get a PPS, the 3M PPS system in there, you invest in that. I mean, it makes, I now that I have a spray booth and that PPS system, spraying finishes is so fast now. It's like, I can go in there, set up, I can get my stuff mixed in about two minutes. I can be spraying in about five. I can have a whole piece sprayed with the first coat in like 10 minutes. And the, the the waterborne finishes can sit in there. Their their pot life is almost in. I mean, they're indefinite for these pot lives unless you have multiple. Uh, and like the, unless there's like a two. And that's the one that like it has a bag, so it keeps compressing. Right? There's minimal air in there. There's no. I mean, it. You 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 turn it upside down and you run the gun until liquid comes out, and it squeezes the bag. It creates a positive pressure in the cup that squeezes the bag. So uh, there's no air. You get like no overspray. It's amazing. Like the system is amazing. Look at, like, look at that from mine. It's, like it's kind of like a newborn bottle. Yeah, if exactly. If you're familiar with that. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah so it keeps, the, it keeps the flow constant because um, there is – so the gun, the HVLP is pushing pressure through the gun, but there's another hose coming off the side pushing pressure into the cup that's putting positive pressure on the bag, and that's helping push it through as well. So – um, the PPS system's fantastic. Like I, I, it's changed how finishing processes goes for me. Um, I don't really enjoy spraying solvent because I feel I mean you you're using it and you're like this is dangerous. But the waterborne stuff, like it's a it's great. There's no it doesn't you don't feel like you're spraying something hyper dangerous. Obviously you don't want to breathe in that overspray that'll kill you. But uh, go with the semi pro two. Sorry for the long tangent. Um, and that's actually that's good info. Question. This is really good info. It's actually been a really long episode. I didn't realize we're an hour and twenty in. <laughs> Whoa! So, oh, wait, uh, um, keep a, There was one last uh, writing oh, question. Yeah, a write-in. Ross? Oh, yeah. a write-in. Oh, stall a little bit. I while will I pull this stall up. for a little bit. While uh, I believe. Well, I, I got it, oh, you, you fellas. Got it? Okay. I got it. You don't have to stall anymore. This comes in from Ross. Burner, he has a very uh, quick question and a very good question. And he says, uh, what finish do you guys recommend on a tabletop with high traffic use that is also low in maintenance? I think we've talked about this in the past. And Mike has actually been experimenting or using something that goes along these lines. So I'm going to throw it to him first. Mike, what do you say? So there's like this chart, right? And one side is low maintenance and the other side is uh, easy to apply or whatever. So you got to find like the spot where they meet in the middle kind of. It's like this weird chart. Like Rubio is the easiest to apply. Um, and ultimately, if you factor in all your time, I think hard oil wax, hard wax oils are your lowest maintenance. Because if you get a spot where it's bad, you can just sand that spot and apply the oil back on that spot and you're done. And a homeowner can do that. Uh, if you spray down a film finish like a pot, like a urethane or an acrylic or something like that, if you get a spot, you might as well wait for the rest of the table to go bad because you need to sand the whole thing back and refinish it. And that's not something you want to do every year. That's something you don't want to do every 5, 10, 20 years or whatever. So um, I've been trying different film finishes just because uh, in commercial situations and with high traffic situations, they're a bit more viable. Um, I think the most durable option is a tabletop epoxy. Uh, but then you get that high gloss tabletop epoxy look, which uh, isn't desirable in a lot of scenarios. That's your most that's your most um, that's your lowest maintenance, highest durability option. 
Um, your other option is uh, I've been spraying a product from I've been using a Diamond Vogel product lately uh, called Eurovar. It's a 2K urethane. It's an acrylic based waterborne 2K urethane. It's a very durable product. I'm been very impressed with the scratch. I've been doing my own scratch tests and my own chemical like tests on there, and it's uh, it's really good stuff. So it's called Eurovar by Di- Diamond Vogel. It's a two part um, good stuff. Uh, another product I really like is by also by Diamond Vogel is called Aquinity. It's not quite as durable, uh, and it's also a bit too clear for my liking. Um, it's it's so clear that you don't really get uh, that ambery life to come out of the wood. So there is applications where I like that, but um, not typically on a table. Um, and then the other finish I really like that I've been using a lot and has become a very dependable product after there was some issues I had with it over a few months ago, um, target coatings, urethane. Um, there was some issues with their raw material suppliers and they got that resolved. I'm still spraying that stuff. It is really good product. You can put a hardener. It's a cross linker into that product and it'll add some more durability and chemical and scratch resistance to that. Uh, and that's another product I like to use too. So, uh, I think to answer your question is there is no perfect product because if there was, we'd all be using it and you need to understand that you need to explain to, I don't know if this is for yourself or for a customer. Um, if it's for yourself or a customer, you need to have the conversation with your customer or with yourself. How, what maintenance do you want to do? Do you want to do the easy maintenance often or do you want to do the harder maintenance less often? And that's your only real answer or yeah. that's your really only the situation you're in is, is the easy maintenance more often or the hard maintenance less often. That's where you're at. There's no product that's bomb proof. doesn't exist. Pete. I agree with everything you said. I would, I would lean towards uh review as well, just cause that's something that I've fallen in love with now and a maintenance on it is, is so nice. The fact that you can spot fix it is great. And you know, like you could include that as like a warranty thing with, the piece or say like, Hey, if you ever have an issue, you can hit me up and I'll let you know how much it would cost to fix or something. Just a way to keep them coming it and make them feel better about the product. Uh, but with Rubio too, they have the, uh, the maintenance oil, which is like a top coat that they add on top of floors for high traffic areas. Cause this is a floor finish initially. So, you know, if you have a tabletop, throw that extra coat on there. I got a bottle of it. I haven't used it yet. And I'm very excited to try it because I want to see how durable this stuff is. I really should do some tests on it. Um, so next project I'm doing, I'm probably going to throw that on there. So Mike was right. Rubio hard wax oils is where it's at. Dan? Yep. There's no one perfect finish for all applications. Uh, it really depends on the actual like final placement of the piece. If you're doing uh, residential, you know, Rubio might be fine. Rubio is going to be great. It's very durable. It's really easy to fix if needed. Uh, what's great about Rubio is you can sand it, and when you reapply Rubio, it just blends in perfectly, and you can't even tell that there was a spot fix. Uh, if if we're talking high traffic area like a restaurant or a bar, you might want to look into a flood coat of like a tabletop epoxy, something that's crazy durable, but you're you're giving in a little bit on the maintenance aspect because if that gets damaged to the point where you're going to need to fix it, it's not going to be really easy to blend. So Mike was right on what he said. There's really no one true 
perfect finish. Uh, there's give and take everywhere. So that's my quick and easy answer. Boom. Big thanks to everyone who wrote in and called in questions. We really appreciate you guys supporting the show. That helps keep us going with content. Otherwise, it'd just be us making silly jokes. We got a lot of silly jokes. We really do. Yeah, it's silly jokes. Uh, We're really excited about episode 100. We hope that you'll help us share the excitement. Maybe you could uh, help hype it in your stories, guys. That'd be really great. Yeah, please do. And tag uh, all of us. Help hype it. Yeah, tag us all. Uh, The episode 100 stuff. I mean, that's pretty cool accomplishment. We're going to have more info (laughs) next week for sure. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll have more info for sure. But yeah, 100 100 episodes. And, you know, we've only taken two weeks off in uh, two years, you know. So, um, I mean, we started... This show a couple weeks after WorkbenchCon two years ago. So let that sink in. March in two 10th, weeks, I want to say, 2020. 7th or 10th, yeah, right around then. So Something like that. Uh, big thanks to all you who support us. We couldn't – I mean, we would do it. We could do the show without you, but it, there'd be no one listening. It'd be so terrible. Point. It really would be. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, go check us all out on Etsy. Go check us all out on Instagram and Pinterest and TikTok. I don't know who's doing that still. Facebook. Me. Marketplace. I'm big know. over there. Go check out Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Dan's huge over there and Instagram. Check him out. Go give him some uh, love. He'll do something to piss off the audience and get two million. <laughs> uh, anyway, go uh, go go give us all some love. Go give, go hit that Etsy store. Pete's going to be putting a bunch of shirts up there. So uh, we got a bunch yep. of new stuff coming down the pipe. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Bye now. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye. Love bye, you long bye, time. Bye. bye.